You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're diving into a topic that unfortunately affects far too many of us. And that is toxic workplaces and specifically their impact on women. I believe understanding toxic work cultures is crucial for us as leaders. Now, this episode is not just about identifying the signs and symptoms of a toxic workplace, but also knowing how to navigate them and ultimately, as leaders, transform these environments for the better, right? No more toxic workplaces. I don't know why we still have them. We'll be referencing the Her Leadership Way manifesto throughout our conversation today, looking at the principles and mindset shifts and how they can empower you to make a difference in your workplace. Uh, As a brief overview, if you have not heard of the Her Leadership Way manifesto yet, it consists of three core principles and nine mindset shifts that serve as the, the foundation for the strategies and advice we're going to discuss throughout this episode and basically Uh, for being a leader. (laughs) If you adopt these principles and mindset shifts, you just find you're no longer simply doing leadership things. You've actually become a leader on the inside out. And honestly, everything just becomes so much clearer and easier. And uh, I am using it every day in my role as a leader. uh, And I'm just loving it. So Uh, If you have not got your copy of the Her Leadership Way Manifesto yet, please look to the show notes for the link. It is a free downloadable, so you can get it from there. Uh, And then grab a cup of coffee or tea or wine, find a comfortable spot, and let's dive in together. I want to start with how do you know your workplace is toxic? Because sometimes I feel like it can be a little bit like the proverbial frog in boiling water, uh, which, by the way, is not actually true. (laughs) If if frogs are in lukewarm water and it starts to boil up, they do jump out. Um, However, it is still the proverbial frog in boiling water. And I feel like often we might start in an environment that feels sort of semi-okay And over time, it gets worse and we stop recognizing uh, how bad it's getting and don't see it as toxic until we get out. And then we look back and think, how did I put up with that for so long? Now, sometimes they're just clearly toxic uh, and, you know, the signs are really obvious. But let's look at six signs today that basically to varying degrees can indicate toxicity. If it's on a small scale, maybe it's not toxic, maybe it's just poor behavior, Um, but, you know, on a large scale, or if there's many of these signs in your environment right now, you might want to look at uh, combating them or ultimately finding another not so toxic workplace to be. So the first sign is that there is poor to no communication. And this is one of those ones that I think we put up with far too often and don't realize how toxic this can be. 
But imagine if you are consistently left out of important email chains or you're not invited to meetings that have to do with your project. And when you ask for updates, your manager provides some vague or dismissive responses. I have a client at the moment who's working through this very thing. Uh, there's no communication around what direction she should be going in, what she should be working on, whether the work she is working on is right, if it's on the right track or not. Even after direct and specific requests for clarity, there is still that vague or dismissive responses coming from leadership. And this lack of transparency and open dialogue and direction and just communication can leave you really feeling unsupported. Um, it, it feels like you have no value. Like, what's the point of you being there? Uh, you can feel unsure of your role within the team and a little bit depressed that what you're working on may have no point whatsoever because you're not sure you're not getting any communication around it. So how do you try and combat this? Well, the first step is to do what my client did. Use direct and specific language, preferably in writing for this part, although it does depend on your relationship with your manager. Um, but if this is happening, it's probably not a great relationship, to be fair. Um, but use that direct and specific language to find out that information that you feel you are missing. Now, if that doesn't achieve an improvement, then I suggest set up a time with your manager and use the three manifesto principles to talk this through with her and I'll, her or him. <laughs> uh, and I'll talk more about how to do that shortly. Second sign that you're possibly in a toxic workplace is excessive workload. Now, I know, I know there is like this is so common, right? So many of us have way more to do than time to do it in. But just because it's almost normal these days, that doesn't actually make it okay. If you're working long hours every day, often well into the evening and it's dark when you leave, dark when you get there sometimes, just to keep up with this never-ending influx of tasks, that is a strong indication of a toxic culture. And if, despite your best efforts, your manager keeps piling on more projects and gives you more uh, quicker, tighter deadlines with no clarity around, you know, what to prioritize. Often you hear that, no, it's all priority. <laughs> Just do it all and do it now. Then that is definitely toxic. I recently heard a term called work shedding. Uh, as the answer to this excessive workload, which was kind of amusing, I thought. Um, it's loosely defined as stopping doing some tasks as the answer to burnout, to high stress, um, even physical health issues, which are all possible results from this constant excessive overworking that we are getting used to. Um, however, if you have a leadership team or a person that isn't listening when you're trying to stop some tasks or delegate or do them differently and they're not interested in hearing what you have to say about it, then that's easier said than done. 
Now, you should at least have the conversation, right? Uh, just because it is easier said than done doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a try, um, but see how you go. So communicate with your manager about your concerns about the workload and give them a proposal, give them a solution. This is the, you know, a case where often, um, you know, I do often talk about define the problem first, but this one, the problem is pretty well defined. Um, so go to them with a solution about how you might get a more manageable workload, how you might negotiate priorities and be clear on what's, you know, what's more important to work on, uh, maybe negotiate deadlines. I know often someone can give you a deadline that is just arbitrary. And if you go back and say, hey, is it okay if I, you know, delay this a week because I have other competing priorities, they may just say yes. Uh, okay, third sign is micromanagement. And yeah, this one is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, if you've got a manager that scrutinizes every detail of your work, questions your decisions, requires constant updates on your progress, then that is micromanagement. And really, it feels like a lack of trust, right? And in, in your abilities, in your um, pot potentially your work ethic. And that can be really demoralizing. And not only that, it ends up stifling your creativity and definitely your autonomy. Now, I have had a few managers like this in my time. And because autonomy is one of my top values, it really does not work well for me at all. So I've tried a couple of different things with micromanagers. I have tried being more proactive, so sending more regular updates and writing to my manager before being asked for them. Um, that at least gave me the feeling of some control back, right? Rather than waiting for my one-on-one -on -one or, you know, a call to say, what are you doing? How are you doing it? No, do it this way. Um, I felt like I had some control back where I was sending the updates without being asked and, you know, that sort of feeling of autonomy within that. Uh, however, I've had different degrees of success of um, changing that behavior depending on the manager. So yes, it made me feel more in control and I think it's worth doing just from that point of view. However, I would still go to the next one-on-one -on -one and be asked the same questions even though I'd given the information in writing. So try it, experiment, see how you go. Uh, you can also have a discussion with your manager and, and it does depend on you know, personality and your relationship with them, but have a discussion about the impact of their behavior on, on you and your, you know, mental health and how you're feeling about your work and coming into work and ask them how you might work together so they have more trust in your work. And they might be surprised to learn that their behavior appears to be they don't trust your work because that might not be it at all, although it might be. Uh, fourth sign is favoritism. Uh, if you're seeing a coworker consistently receive preferential treatment, um, they might be getting the most high profile projects or assignments. They might be getting the promotions while you're sitting, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting despite having talked about it. Uh, even though your equal or greater qualifications and effort that's been put in, that can start to breed resentment and 
definitely low morale among the team, right? And for this one, I think it's good to make sure you have a record of your achievements. So I start, um, I have an email folder where I put any achievements, any positive feedback I get, and then I can use that as a reminder in discussions with my manager during performance reviews at the end of the year or every six months, depending on when you have them, um, or when you are discussing promotions or opportunities to do those high-profile high projects. Uh, I do have a warning here. Be very mindful that you don't take this out on your co-worker. Um, while they may be benefiting from this favoritism, it doesn't mean they're necessarily asking for it. In fact, sometimes they may feel quite embarrassed by it. It is totally human nature to want to take this out on your co-worker when something's unfair. Um, it you know, kind of creates a defensive stance in us and we want to do something about it. However, it doesn't help your case at all to do this. Uh, and honestly, it's not how leaders behave. Fifth sign that you're in a toxic workplace is high stress levels. And this can be related to a high workload, although not necessarily. So if you have a workplace where deadlines are constant, where everything is urgent, where tempers are constantly flaring, um, on edge, employees are visibly anxious all of the time, this persistent sense of tension can really negatively impact your overall well-being, right? Stress uh, in this way, now there are some forms of stress that are helpful, um, but stress in this way can affect your mental, emotional and physical health, your job satisfaction and even your personal life outside of work. So a couple of things you can do in here. If the stress is feeling high but potentially manageable, there is research to show that reframing the stress to be a good thing can in fact change the results of that stress. So if you can start to reframe it and see that the stress is making me work uh, with more impact or pushing me to be better, then that can actually change the physical, emotional and, and mental impact on you. So start with seeing whether you can reframe stress however if it's consistent persistent high level stress that may not be possible or advisable uh, in that case try and again this will depend on context but advocate for and even volunteer to implement some stress reducing policies or initiatives within your workplace that might be wellness programs although often they are more talk than effect um, you might look at flexible work arrangements, even, you know, doing some team building activities and coming together more as a team so that you're not all anxious and, and on edge and, you know, sparking up at each other all the time can really help to affect high stress levels. Now, regardless of that, if that works or not, I want you to prioritize self-care in this case. So exercise, meditation, hobbies, and we'll talk more about that later. Finally, the biggest sign, I think, and the most obvious is hostility and bullying. It is the most insidious sign, although also the least common, right? 
And this could be someone consistently belittling your ideas. It can be someone spreading gossip about you or undermining your work in front of others. And, I, you know, you often know it, it feels like you are under attack. It can feel like you are a, a deer caught in the headlights and you don't know what to do with it. It is embarrassing and it can quickly affect your personal life as well as your work life. Um, it is. It can be aggressive or passive-aggressive behavior, and it really creates a hostile environment that can have lasting effects on your mental and physical and emotional health. So if this is happening to you, start with documenting the bullying or harassment and be specific about it and report it to human resources or a trusted supervisor. At the same time, please make sure you have a support network outside of your immediate workplace who can provide guidance, who provides encouragement and, and reminds you that you are you and you are amazing. And they can give you an objective perspective on how to handle the hostility or bullying. This can leave you feeling empowered uh, and then hopefully you can take a bit more of a proactive approach in addressing the situation and navigating that toxic environment. If it doesn't improve, please take steps to leave as soon as possible because I know the longer you stay in that environment, the worse your mental health will become. You can start to feel completely deflated. Your worth as a person uh, goes right down in your mind. And that just makes it harder to find another job, right? Let alone continue to come to this work situation. Uh, and so while I realize the, the reality of life and sometimes your job is the only income or you are very dependent on that income uh, and you may need to stay there a little longer and again, you know, lean on your network while you have to do that and find any other job to get out as soon as possible, not your dream job, any job that will tide you over until you feel whole again until and then you can find the job that you really want okay so that's the six signs now for each of these where the initial advice on how to combat it fails use the her leadership way manifesto as a guide to having a conversation with your manager or colleague if it's them that is the toxic person or contributing to the toxicity if you feel that you can have this conversation safely, right? So if it's belittling and harassment, then you may not feel safe in this. Um, and again, get out. However, uh, with the three principles, we want to start with giving grace to your manager. So the first, the third principle of the manifesto is we give grace to ourselves and others, right? And this can be quite difficult if you're feeling really frustrated. However, I want you to persist at working to empathize with your manager or, or co-worker. I'll, I'll stick with manager because that's what it normally is. Um, work to empathize with them where you can. So you might look at, are they overworked and stressed? And that's causing this behavior. 
are they out of their depth in this role and trying to cover that? Sometimes toxic behavior like this can stem from a worry that actually they're not good enough. And so they put up various types of armor, as Brene Brown puts it, which causes this toxic environment. So see if you can find what might be underneath their behavior and see if you can find some empathy for them within that. Once you've found some genuine empathy, take a look to see if there's anything you could have done differently to change the outcome of this situation, which is also known as the second principle of the manifesto, which is we take 100% responsibility. And then finally, once you've done both of those pieces first, then set up a meeting with your boss uh, and within the meeting, practice principle number one, which is we ask powerful questions. So go into the meeting with curiosity rather than blame. You want to seek to understand first, like Stephen Covey says in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and then you will be more likely to be understood and come out with a positive result. You don't want to go in there, all guns blazing, blaming them, telling them that everything in your life that is wrong is their fault because you will find they will push back with the same amount of fervor and the result will not be great at the end of it. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there for this week. However, we are going to revisit this topic next week because it, it turns out I've got a lot to say on this. Um, we're going to look at uh, the unique challenges women face in toxic environments and how we can use some of the mindset shifts from the manifesto to help address these um, and a little bit more about looking after yourself in these environments. Thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about what's going on in a toxic culture or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. You will find the link to that in the show notes or search Women in Leadership in Facebook. I also want to let you know with transparency that some of this podcast was created with the assistance of artificial intelligence. The ideas, examples, the language are still all mine. However, I do occasionally get help with editing the audio, writing my show notes and the occasional save from writer's block. It saves me time, which is of course really valuable for me as a busy entrepreneur and career woman. And as a leader, this is an area you should be experimenting with because this is revolutionizing the way we work and will continue to do so quite rapidly. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you'll know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others find the show. And I really would appreciate it. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.